Okay, so good evening, everyone. Christmas evening, 9.49 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, December 25th, 2020. Chad is over here. She recorded live from a hotel on, in Jonesboro, Georgia. So we are recording audio on the laptop, the oldest laptop we have, and the phone, the cell phone. So I'm awaiting a phone call from my brother, Quentin. He let me know he's outside the hotel. He bought food for Christmas. So I've been alone all Christmas, and it's been the same as the last four Christmases. I can remember four or five Christmases ever since, like the Christmas of 2015, 2016. I wasn't around family, so going on five years or four to five years so it's a nice break for me because that's half a decade where you've been growing up and learning to live on your own without your family around you on a daily basis and it's been exhilarating and uh yeah so what we're going to try to do right now is just to record more like us just admitting our deepest feelings on everything and then realizing that that in itself will amount to a comedy album. So this is a Chad Films comedy album right here. Another movie by Chad. So we'll call it another movie by Chad because we did like a Chad movie or a movie and then we did another movie and we call it another movie because we were audio recording for an hour and 30 minutes. That's a comedy film right there. So by just doing that, you know, I'm priming myself to be able to do the acting thing because I record for an hour and a half impromptu. So I'm just ready to go for an hour and a half and then just smoke another blunt and then we'll get right back into it and then boom, and we'll just do it. And then just like, Chad was amazing, man. He was born to do this and he just did it higher drunk it didn't matter it's because it's all he did so in essence the the drinking or the smoking would just add to what he was already doing all day so it was more like that's why he smokes because he's only doing this all day and to do this all day sober would just be exhausting for him so he just tries to lighten up the atmosphere for himself because you know being able to tap into the dark emotions was never a problem for him because he had to fight that all day. So he was just, you know, trying to lighten the atmosphere mentally by having a lot of, you know, marijuana smoke inside of the brain to just help it because the brain went through a lot of pain and, you know, actual literal pain, you know, exploded inside the brain and created paradigms within my brain. Like, I, I believe that, you know, like I could feel that. And it's like, I learned how to use that to my advantage because it's like, okay, what that does is it makes me always zone out. So I just zone out and focus on my goals. I throw something inside of that equation. I added in my goals into that equation. So I zone out and I'm thinking about my goals and then, or I use my goals to think about to keep me from thinking about bad things when I zone out. So it's to direct my thoughts when I zone out. So I'll eventually snap back into zoning out about my filming and my writing and the economics and the finances and whatever I have to do to clutter my brain with just peaceful thoughts. So it's just a room of peaceful thoughts inside of my brain with the dark emotions hovering around and above and me being able to see that only continuing to think how I'm thinking about it will get me away from the dark emotions from um, controlling me. So I have a good control over the dark emotions 
that I go through all day because I just zone them out and zone in and tap into my creative side. And on the inside, you know, it just feels like I'm just, you know, it hurts so much on the inside. And then it's just what is pain and it's just French bread and it doesn't exist. And it's all mental and I can just switch it off just like that. And that's what I try to remember. And this is supposed to be funny. This is why I don't classify what I do because I don't know what I'm going to say. It might be funny, I don't know. So we're just getting into the active mode of just directing the dark emotions into the active mode. So that's what I would bring on to the film sets and the film rows that I would get for Hollywood films and stuff in exchange for letting them make books I wrote into films, whether I write the film scripts or not. And then we just make deals like that to where it's like, well, I have this film idea you would like to make into a movie. And so you could do that, pay me for that, and then pay me for writing a script of your choice and then pay me for acting and a script you all already have that I didn't write and then I'll make a cameo in my films I'll just play a small role in those but I want big acting roles in other films and stuff and I'll just do small roles and supporting roles of mine give me a supporting role in mine but I want a supporting role in yours and I, I want to pick it out which one I want and then, um, you know, because I could easily write my own, but I want to prove I could act, so I have to act someone else's dialogue. But it has to be within my spiritual parameters, you know, and, and so it's like, but we won't mention that, so that's why I'm offering the other scripts I wrote already and the other books you can translate into scripts, so pay me to translate into scripts. And we just do it like that, where we just have this huge agreement where. I slowly start to just own Hollywood because I'm offering them so much material that, you know, <clears throat> my material is going to bring you all back from this new social distancing age of filmmaking. So the social distancing age of filmmaking will belong to me because I will provide Hollywood with the films they need to create distant. And then Hollywood cannot go, go back to the 1940 Hollywood studio era. Frank Sinatra era of acting, golden age of acting, you know, so now we can go back to the studio era. Everybody has to be socially distant, so everyone's in their own studio, and boom, we have the studio filmmaking coming back 100 years later with all this new technology. Just put all the technology in the room, jackass, like you're already doing, and just, you know what I'm saying? But it's like they actually go to these locations and then they use green skin as well, so it's just like, Stay where you're at, go where you're gonna go, stay there, get your green screen, and go outside, film that when you need to, nigga. It always heartbreaks, motherfucker. So, Christmas, spend it all day alone and see anybody but the hotel owner and wonder where his money was at. And I was like, your money will be here tomorrow morning. It was snowing yesterday, started up as rain, next thing you know, it was snow. It's like, oh, shit. It was like, I'm in Syracuse, you know, because. You associate the rain with the snow, you already know. That rain's gonna be snow real soon. And uh, it's gonna get that cold, you know, and it did that here, so that was cool. Christmas Eve, had a little bit of a white Christmas, so 
I was gonna make you laugh. You spent three years in New York, so snow flurry is nothing. That's best you go for in New York. It's just snow flurry. I have a light day. A little bit of snow during the day, and I said, it's snowing all day that morning. It's just gonna be like, what the fuck went on? While I was asleep at work, and it's just like, you know, how you feel inside? You feel like creating the Hollywood classic at the same time where you're writing economic creative novels and with all your economic research and all these stock picks and you want to write films about the companies, you start thinking about it. You're writing a biopic about the company. You, you don't have the names of the people. You can get the names of the people who started these companies, but you don't have the names of people who are gonna start companies in the future on all this technology as well. And you can still get the names of the people who did and include that in your stories about yourself, basically, with yourself being the prototype of it, where you're just writing a film about a person who invests in all this technology. And then you're gonna use the the main person to be the people who created all these companies and the names of all these companies and their CEOs and founders. And then your films are going to be up there with like, they're gonna be synonymous with all these industries. When they look at nanotechnology, they're gonna see the movies made about the people who invested in nanotechnology and invested in all the people who created all this stuff and what their backstories are. So now you're watching a real biopic of, yeah, boom, there you go. Now you got the biopic of basically someone who invested, all the different people who created all these different, you know, technological innovations. Nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, robotics, transhuman industries, psychotechnology, nanotechnology, biometrics, bionics, biotechnology, biosciences, biopharmaceuticals, Cryptocurrency, cybersecurity, cybernetics. Maybe, maybe that's the universe trying to, to tell me, excuse me. Maybe that's the universe trying to tell me that cybernetics is about to take off, so. So yeah, so we're gonna have these, these biopics about all these companies. We have all the company names. Like right now we're looking at it, the the handwritten paper with the names of the companies and we're looking at the computer, the computerized type of version. BWLA, you know, L O V, L Q D T, L T R P A, L U B, L I L A, L G F dot B, L G F dot A, L E E. J-A-X, I-M-A-X, I-H-R-T, you know what I'm saying? Just really, uh, and, and knowing that we still have more to research, so that's just more creative stories to write about. So the two other industries we have to research now, additive manufacturing, that's 3D printing. That's what they call 3D printing. Additive manufacturing and 4D printing would be classified as biofabrication and technology. So biofabrication and additive manufacturing combined, that's 3D and 4D printing, irrespectively, 4D and 3D printing, respectively, you know, so.
we have to look up the industry of additive manufacturing and what sector that is in and all the other industries that are in that sector of additive manufacturing and what sector the biofabrication technology is in and how many other industries are in that and if those two sectors are the same. Are 3D and 4D printing industries inside of the same sector? That's basically the question we have to answer. That's the main question. So we have to ask as many questions that we ask as we have to ask to get that question answered. Unless we just ask that specific question on Google. So just break it out. What sector is 4D printing in? What sector is 3D printing in? Additive manufacturing and biofabrication. What sectors are those two industries in? Are they in the same sector? Then we figure out all the competitors, all the stocks inside of those two industries and the entire sector if they're not in different sectors, and that's two sectors, two industries, and all the other industries that come into those two or one sectors, and boom, so that's at least five different industries. Tops would say 15, 20, boom. And uh, from there, we invest in additive manufacturing and biofabrication, and we just made biopics about the people who created the, these companies, founded these companies, the CEOs of these companies. The backstory is inside of the backstory of the character who is investing in all these companies and in essence just studying all the people he's investing in. And the stories about that, a person investing in the other people who are investing in the future. So it's one person investing in the future and by doing that they find themselves investing in other people who are investing in the future, who possibly invested way more. And then they just ride the coattails of their success to the glory days of the times where gold sprinkled from the ground and it came up from the ground, from the trees and the roots and the veins and the blood and the oxygen touched it and made it more money and it wasn't crud, it was a scud and it wasn't a stud, it was a stud missile and it wasn't a bud, it was a blood missile. So... I think I turned up too much, man. So I'm about to just lay down some shit away for my brother to call me. We recorded for 14 minutes, so we just take a little break. I don't know. I don't know. So I just want to get back in the groove of everything, but today I recorded three hours already, so if we record for 15 more minutes, it's three and a half hours, so it's only half an hour, it's one third of another movie, so it's like, come on, you have a chance to make three movies in a row. Right now, So we were just talking financial information and it was just starting to make us want to puke because we started to calculate all the numbers in our heads and we are just like, yo, what you're saying is you're going to make a shitload of money off this boy, dear boy, made a million dollars a million times over, dear boy, you know what I'm saying, it's just, you know, a hundred million. Like with the numbers that we're calculating, like for real, we can make a hundred million dollars really easily. Really easily. And it's like, oh man. What do you do with that? Oh man. You know. 
So you're going to have to help a lot of people with that. And so you'll just be helping them with the new amounts of $100 million that you make. You have everything else stashed away for your family and the people you care about. And then you just help all these other people that you want to care about. And then you just make sure you draw the line and say for everybody from the beginning. So it's like, you know, I'm in the shed and I never took any of your bullshit. So that's just how it goes. You know? And, uh, you know, because I'm on to something. And I'm a mad scientist, so when a child scientist says I'm on to something, it's a child scientist. I'm an artist, I'm a filmmaker. Filmmaking is a science. I'm a scientist. So, and that's just from the first career. I'm a scientist. You know, I'm a cinematic scientist. We gotta put this together the right way. And that just makes you laugh. You know, so it's just, you know, I just, uh, shit. Turn up too much. I put it on. What else? With the money that we made for the stocks that we bought in Robin Hood, we made sure we throw thousands of dollars into all the other accounts, and those are going to be the long-term holdings. And there will be the same companies and all the other companies. So the first companies we're investing in, we'll end up cashing out a nice amount of those. And they'll use that, a lot of that money to buy many more stocks on the list. And that's why we continue to build to the list. So we always have a bunch of stocks that are low. So we're going to end up conquering the majority of our stock list and touching thousands of shares in each of these companies by throwing in $1,000 into each of these companies and throwing in $1,000 into 10 companies and stuff like that. So we look forward to that. And that way we continue to own shares in the same companies we're cashing out on and using those cash outs to buy shares in companies we weren't able to buy yet. So using that to get in on the other companies before we could get in on them with the active income. So with the money from the active income, we throw in the stocks. With the money of that that blows up, I pay my personal debts with it and then started to build up the accounts for my family long term. And, and that's where it would start from, and build it up for myself, and build up accounts for my future children, and God willing, and all that stuff, so. Shit. 
So yeah, we're gonna work on that with the type in the biopics because we did a lot of research so we can start throwing some creative stories in there. That way a little bit of the creative story is inside the preview so they can see, okay, he's doing the same thing he started off doing with this book. Where he started out the first volume straight, the plan, what to enact. This one is more detailed because it includes all the stars and he included stars in the last time but now it's just way more. And it's volume going on volume two of it, the sequel, so you had this whole book to digest it, but it's really just what's the first three volumes of the book, so first three months of the book, so I want to go back to doing some more fairy tales and investing. I only did one, which is the Three Little Pigs. Now I could do like Three Little Bears. I don't have any idea how I would do that one, but that's going to be nice. Like, go to lots to be an investment auditor. Just auditing your portfolio. That's what your porch is. Your porch is your portfolio. You know? I need profits for my stop loss. I take profits from my stop loss. Just gonna lay down. Thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.